a black liberation leader who was deeply involved in driving heroin from the black community in the 1970s, is now facing release after more than 35 years in prison. On Thursday, the U.S. Parole Commission confirmed Dr. Matuli Shakur, the stepfather of rapper Tupac Shakur and husband of Asada Shakur, who is in exile in Cuba, will be released. He has bone marrow cancer, and doctors say he has less than six months to live. Shakur was a member of the Black Nationalist Organization, Republic of New Africa. He was a renowned acupuncturist and was involved in bringing health care to residents of the South Bronx in the 1970s. He'd been charged with conspiracy alongside a group that robbed a Brinks armored car in 1981, in which a guard and two police officers were killed. A supporter of Shakur, a prison inmate at one time himself, now chairman of the new Black Panther Party in Newark, New Jersey, is Shaka Zulu. He spoke with the news about Shakur and other black liberation fighters who were still in prison. He went to prison because Asada Shakur was being tortured. Asada Shakur was being deliberately, deliberately suffering a slow death while in prison. And I think Matula Shakur and the Revolutionary Armed Task Force utilized the same principle that other revolutionary groups around the world use, which is never leave a comrade behind. He was searching, he was striving, he was looking for something uh, that he could contribute his mind, body, and soul to acupuncture in the Bronx, the detox center where they were working at, gave him that initiative, gave him that purpose. He began to administer acupuncture before it became popular. Two brothers and sisters that was on drugs, mostly on heroin. And we remember a pamphlet came out at the time from the Black Panther Party called The Dope is Genocide. And Dr. Matula Shakur and other comrades were addressing that real reality because Vietnam was bringing in all kinds of drugs. And it was weakening, diffusing the revolutionary upsurge. You know, if a man is on dope, not only is there no hope, but he's not focused on dealing with the day-to-day issues of his life because he's distracted. He's in a narco stupor. And so Matula Shakur and them sort to change the ethical and moral reality of those brothers and sisters that was on drugs and turn them into revolutionaries or freedom fighters or simply people concerned about doing something for our community. So in the early 70s, Dr. Matula Shakur, a lot of his work was focused on building the Republic of New Africa at Jackson, Mississippi, which was their headquarters. And over time, because he saw his comrades being shot down in the streets, you got to remember, comrade, in 1969, we lost 27 Panthers. One year, one year, 27 Panthers, two Corning Tail Pro. They were shot down in the street. Fred Hampton shot in the sleep. So comrades was looking for a way to respond to this, this naked, brutal aggression. Matulu Shakur engaged in revolutionary armed struggle to resist not only the attacks of the oppressor, but to ultimately move us closer to freedom. You know, and that's the thing people don't understand. They think just because you defend yourself in a political way, it's not attached to objectives of freedom. But when Matulu and the Revolutionary Armed Task Force 
They would go into drug dealer houses. I'm talking about big time drug dealers. They would take all the cocaine and they would bring it in the middle of the street. They would have a megaphone and they would tell the people this cocaine only can lead to the death of our community. And they would pour it down uh, sewage. And they did this repeatedly. And so the police didn't like this. You know, they wanted us on drugs. They wanted us discombobulated. They wanted us weak. Remember, comrade, you had uh, a thousand different groups in the street. You had Vietnam War. You had the Nation of Islam. You had SNCC. You had the Black Panther Party, the Republic of New Africa. You had the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. You had Revolutionary Armed Movement. The streets was on fire. Babylon was burning. When H. Rap Brown or Jamil Alamine said in Maryland, let it burn, baby, let it burn. Literally, they meant that in every state in the United States. And that was the militant upsurge that Matulu Shakur represented. So him being free today is not a victory. It's not a moment to celebrate because they let political prisoners out only to die tomorrow, only to die two days later. And I'm not being hyperbole. Marilyn Buck came home. She died a month later from cancer. Albert Wilfox out of the Angola 3. They let him out. He died later on that night. They let out Russell Maroon Schultz. He died a week later. So this ain't no victory. A victory is getting political prisoners out of prison when they could participate in a holistic manner in the freedom of their struggle. What political prisoners around the world get out of prison only to die a few hours later? Think about it. Nelson Mandela didn't die a few hours later. So that's all I'm saying to you, Conrad. It's not a victory. We're glad he's home. We have to do more to make sure they get out before they die. Chairman Shaka Zulu of the new Black Panther Party in Newark, New Jersey. In related news, Mumia Abu-Jamal, himself in prison for decades as a political prisoner for actions during the black liberation struggles of the 1970s and 80s, is petitioning a Pennsylvania court for a new trial after the discovery of fresh evidence casting doubt on his conviction. The former Black Panther and radical journalist is 68 and has long struggled with serious heart conditions and other health problems. He was moved off death row in 2011, but is being held on life without parole. The new documents seem to show the government's chief witness was more concerned about getting paid for his testimony than the truth of the story he told. Defense lawyers say there's more hidden evidence that's still missing in the case.